Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. film Truffle Hunters is a remarkable documentary film. It takes us into a world, into a culture, into a tradition that few of us have had any idea existed, let alone have the opportunity to spend some time with these people in this northern part of Italy as they as they do what they've been doing for generations, looking for truffles. Film again is called The Truffle Hunters, and we're joined today by the co-directors, co-producers, co-writers, as well as co-cinematographers. You truly are, as they call in sports, the five tool players, uh, and uh, that would be and that would be Mike. That would be Michael Dweck and Gregory Kershaw. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Glad to be back. Thank you. First of all, before I ask you how you got interested or how you what inspired this, how you got to know about this culture, for our listeners, a truffle. What is a truffle? And and uh, I I was gonna bring I'll bring up a couple of quotes that I pulled up, uh, having to do with how important they are. Uh, Cicero said that they were the children of the earth. There's a food critic from France who said they are diamonds in the kitchen. What, what are truffles? Well, it, it's interesting. I mean, there there well there are many different types of truffles. The, the ones that um, that we focus on the film well the, the community evolves around are the white truffles and, and white truffles can only be grown in really small patches of land in northern italy and and maybe some neighboring countries but you cannot you cannot cultivate them unlike a black truffle black truffle you can cultivate different parts of the world but white truffle you can't and it's a lot like like what you just said the quote is it's a lot like diamonds they're very very difficult to find you need a, a skilled hunter who's been doing this who's been doing this for, in our case, you know, 70, 80 years of training and passed down these traditions and knowledge uh, being passed down from generations, sometimes six and seven generations. And you also need a dog who's also wants to play this game, who's, who's really smart and um, has a, you know, a keen sense of, of, of smell, of course, and also has the perseverance to not give up because they're, you know, imagine that the season starts from, September, mid-September to mid-January. That's the that's about the season. You know, they go out at night so nobody can see who see where they're going, and also so the dogs don't get distracted by birds and winds and leaves and things like that. So you know, they're they're out kind of walking 15 to 20 miles a night, 80 to 85 year old, almost 90. Carlos 89 last two weeks ago. So you know, they're they're, they're these guys, but they're very fit. And they're out looking for looking for diamonds in, in many ways. Diamonds. And they, yeah, and they sell for. You know, upwards of you know, like in the in the movie, there's one scene of an auction, uh, and that that you know the, the analogy is of, of baseball that there's a baseball size uh, truffle and that sold for a hundred thousand dollars. You know, so they are they are quite aggressive. And if you don't eat them in three days, they're worth they're worth nothing. Yeah, well, I think there's something. Well, Gregory, yes, just, go ahead, please. Yeah, I think there. I mean, I think there's you know a truffle. There's also there's something kind of magical about a white truffle. There's something magical. It's this thing that, you know, it, it, Mike is saying, it can't be cultivated. Science hasn't cracked the code. It exists beyond the boundaries of human knowledge. And there aren't many things that exist like that in the world today. And this, you know, this ancient knowledge that these truffle hunters have that 
that allows them to pull it on the ground. It's, it's, it's almost like a sixth sense. And so watching, watching that in action, there's, it, there's sort of, the community felt like magic to us. And at the center of it, it is like this little piece of magic. You know, there was a documentary that came out uh, earlier this early last year called Fantastic Fungi or Fungi. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it opens your mind up to this idea of this incredible subterranean world that is is in some ways the communication system mm-hmm. for trees and for plants and mm-hmm. it's a whole world that we know a little bit about but we don't mm-hmm. quite understand all of the different secrets mm-hmm. that it holds and here is an yeah. example of what you just described gregory mm-hmm. yeah. well l- before l- let's get to the to the meat of this <laughs> of why we're <laughs> speaking to one another today and that is the how did this all come about? What what was there a particular event, or were you ended up somewhere where where this became something that you wanted to explore further? How did this happen? Well, we we stumbled upon this this world by by chance. We were, you know, we're Gregory and I are both obsessed with finding these worlds that exist outside the sphere of globalization and, and technology, and um, you know, worlds that have maintained their identity and um, and their connection to local history and culture. Uh, and these are both things we're interested in, both personally and, and professionally, when we're, when we're traveling. And we didn't realize it at the time, uh, but one summer, it was August of 2017, where he just finished the last race. Um, we were both separately traveling through this area of, of Piedmont um, in northern North Italy. And we were, we were struck by this place. You know, they were, there was something quite different about this place than places that we're used to. We're both from cities. We both lived in the same building in New York for a long time. And now Gregor lives in Stockholm, and I, I still live here in New York. And um, you know, it seemed it was, there was something really different about this place. It's like it seemed to be kind of removed from from the modern world in many ways. There weren't people sitting on iPhones all day. There weren't people on laptops doing their thing in, in little cafes on the corner. These are there were people having conversations. They were sharing a newspaper, and then we started to hear a talk about about truffle hunters, which we knew nothing about. Uh, that there was this secret little society of these old men that scour the woods at night with their dogs and, and looking for this truffle and, and nobody would tell us anything about them. They were just saying, we've never met them. We just know they exist. And, and, and then we, had, we went to a, a trattoria owner and he had truffles in the menu. He had a plate with a beautiful glass top and like three truffles with a shaver. And we said, so where did you get those from? <laughs> you know, and he's like, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know who it is. I just, I just put money in this little brown box outside this wooden box. And then I, in the morning, uh, the truffles happen to be there. So I don't know who this person is. So, you know, that's what we, that's what we started to hear. And then we decided to kind of just spend what became three years, uh, an exploration into this community. So well, it took us, you know, took us, you know, quite a while to, to, to get at this community. But, uh, but what you see is, uh, is the film. Well, well Gregory, why the secrecy? Why why this sort of mafioso level of not wanting people to come into to this world? Is it a more recent development? Was this something that maybe 50 years ago was a much more of a sort of an open market, open secret? Or why why do you why is it that way? Well, think? yeah, I mean everything about this world is a secret. And that was one of the things that drew us into this world. I mean, it it travel hunting happens under the cover of night. So no one will find the spot where you're you're digging up your truffles, but the, the the who they sell the truffles to is a secret. Where they sell them is a secret. So it's kind of you know as a storyteller, that's endlessly fascinating. But 
But I, I think beneath that, I think you're, you're getting at something that's really, that's a big part of this story in that, that it has changed a lot in recent years. You know, we, we talk, finding a truffle these days, I mean, it's like, it's really like finding a piece of gold. I mean, there, it's, it's next to impossible and that's why they sell for so much. You, you, you need this, this knowledge that really takes a lifetime to develop. You need a highly trained dog and you, you, you need to understand, you need to have this sixth sense. You need to really understand the forest in a really deep way to be able to take a truffle from the ground. But it wasn't, I don't think it was always quite like that. And I mean, this is an anecdotal story, but, but Carlo, when he was, you know, he's 89 years old, the truffle hunter in the film. And when he was a child, he talks about going out into the field with his father. He worked, he still works the same land that his father worked and they, they grow grapes. He talks about going out into the field and, and having truffles that would sometimes pop up like potatoes. And they, it was, they were, they, they were still, it was still rare that that would happen, but that was po possible. I mean, now that's completely impossible. And finding truffles is, truffles have, they've become, they're fewer and fewer every year. And there, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think one of them is, is climate change. Um, truffles, they demand very specific conditions in order to be able to grow. And as climate change disrupts the, the local global weather patterns, they're, they're, just fewer of them that are popping out of the ground because they don't have those very specific conditions that they need. Like the first year that we were filming, there was a drought in the area. Truffle, truffles need water in order to bloom. And it didn't, it, it hadn't rained for months. And there were just, there were simply no truffles to be found, which was, you know, that's something that wasn't happening 50 years ago. The other thing that, the other change that climate change has brought about is that the, the region that we filmed in, it's known for producing some of the best wine in the world. Barbaresco, Barolo, it comes from this region and it's incredible wine. Now because of climate change, they can grow grapes higher than they've ever, at higher altitudes. So they're cutting down forests that previously didn't really, the land didn't have an economic value. And so it remained forested and there were truffles to be found there, but now those forests are being cut down. And, you know, we witnessed while we were filming we got a call from one of our truffle hunters, Sergio, and he called us and he was in tears because a, a forest that he had hunted for truffles in his entire life. When you see the relationship what they have with their, their, the, the forest, I mean, it's, they, they know every tree. Right. They know how the forest moves from season to season. They, they've spent their childhood there and they've spent countless hours with their dogs. So they have these very deep, intimate relationships with the forest and this forest was stripped it was clear cut in a matter of hours. It was actually cut. This one wasn't cut for vineyards. It was actually cut for firewood. And he was devastated because it was, you know, it was, they weren't just trees to him. They were these, they, they, they it was this place that was almost like it was a, it was a home to him and it had disappeared. And so, so all those, all those pressures are, you know, there, it means that there are fewer truffles every year and that the pressure, the pressure on the land that does still exist is just, it's, it's, growing and growing every year. There is so much here. It is such a beautiful film. The film, in many ways, it's shot like a, you shot this like a photographer would shoot a, a film like Michael Dweck. I know of your background. I'm just saying, because every scene, you frame it beautifully and it just plays out. Every scene plays out, which I really love. I love the pace of the film. It just sort of, it gives you time to really contemplate what's going on and in their lives and 
the one there's one thing there's one conversation I think that summarizes some of this conversation that we're we're having and that is I think it's Carlos who's sitting with a, a younger person I'm, I could be a member of his family who is trying to talk him into telling him where the truffles are that he he looks mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. and it is a great conversation mm-hmm. and, and that's how and I will I will leave it for the viewer to watch <laughs> because it's amazing it's great and I think in many ways it really sum, summarizes what the film's about and also the man who has given up truffle hunting that man oh, who is who is furiously typing in his typewriter the angry mm-hmm. this is the man this is the this is the guy that the town crier that everyone says is crazy mm-hmm. and yeah. turns out he's really not crazy that's, what we thought. Exactly. that's exactly what we thought and so I, I just, this is such a beautiful film. It's been nominated, shortlisted for Academy Award consideration for Best Documentary of the Year. Fantastic work to you, Michael and Gregory. Please come back anytime, anytime. This is, yeah, this is just <laughs> remarkable work. And I wish we had an hour to talk about it, but we don't. So I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you so much for your time yeah. today. The film, again, is called The Truffle Hunters, and we've been talking with the co-directors, co-producer, co-writer, co-cinematographers, Michael Dweck, as well as Gregory Kershaw. To both of you, thank you so very much for being here on Film School Radio. Thank, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Honored, to, honored to be here again. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music